Hey, everybody. Today's episode of the Final Third Podcast is a great one. We talk about a lot of really big transfers, including Ronaldo to Chelsea, potentially. That'd be crazy. We also talk about the U.S. qualifying for the Olympics in 2024, first Olympics we've qualified for since 2008, as well as give our predictions and previews for the Women's CONCACAF Championship and the Women's Heroes happening in Mexico and England, respectively. Stick around for it. Leave a rating if you enjoy the show. It means a lot to us. And yeah, hope you like it. right everybody welcome back to the final third podcast it is monday or it is monday right now it's tuesday uh when this comes out but it is our news and predictions episode where we talk about the biggest news and happenings around the soccer world both on and off the pitch i am one of your co-hosts aj tsbura fan of minnesota united which thankfully has been going pretty well uh we'll see how long that lasts (laughs) yeah as well as three to two wins where you can see two goals in the second half and really come close to equalizing can be also a fan of West Ham United, which I've been playing uh, as them for football manager. And I won the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup and the Euro Europa Conference League in the same season while also getting third place. So, okay, I might be the best manager in the world. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. And I'm also a fan of the U.S. national teams, which we will be talking about. As always, I'm joined by. Uh, the, the biggest fan of fireworks, Jack. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan, but I, I, I like them. You know, they're all right. Uh, but I am a fan of Minnesota United as well. Chelsea, I've not been playing football manager because despite it being basically a spreadsheet, my computer is bad and can barely run it. Yes. So that's great. Uh, and Atalanta and the French and U.S. national teams, as well as Minnesota Aurora, who I believe have yeah. officially clinched playoffs. So mm-hmm. that is good. I, I we like that we like to see it we love to see it it's we, great we love to see it I think the 13th is when their first playoff game is going to be uh, to Wednesday at so. uh, opponent TBD uh, happy f- day after 4th of July for those that celebrate and yeah I'm also not a big fan of, of fireworks I think I like them at Disney World they're great yeah. there yeah uh, I, I'm just not a fan of, I don't know, the, the loud boom kind of like, like it vibrates around my body, makes me feel weird. And also, yeah, yeah. Not I don't big, like, I, I don't like yeah. it in the suburbs because people have been lighting them off all weekend. Oh yes. Uh, and I'm just thinking, you know, you got the date wrong. Uh, so nah, people, yeah. maybe I should go around giving out some calendars to my neighbors. I don't know. They might need yeah. them. Yeah. It's also just not environmentally, uh, the best it's not the worst but it's also not great not exactly great for wildlife and wildfires you know thankfully in minnesota mm-hmm. we've had a very wet spring uh which is nice uh enough talking about the weather let's talk about soccer uh jack if people want to hear more about us talking about soccer where can they find this on social media uh, they can find us on twitter mm-hmm. at final third show and you might have noticed on there we tweeted a lot about a fundraiser that was ongoing throughout the month of June, in which we were raising money for Outfront Minnesota, the Trevor Project, and the Midwest Action Access Coalition. Uh, those first two organizations are uh, LGBTQ plus rights organizations, uh, and uh, the Midwest Access Coalition helps uh, women who might not be able to get an abortion, which is healthcare in their state, uh, travel to get one so uh, we raised some money ten dollars or five dollars for each of those organizations for each uh, 100 downloads so we raised 
about $75 total for each of those. So $25 Yay. to each of those is going to be heading off to those organizations. If you want to match those donations, feel free to, uh, we'd, we'd love to, we'd love to have that, but, uh, otherwise, you know, support organizations like that. It's great too. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'll probably be donating just some of my own money to, uh, some of those, uh, organizations. It's, it's really great. We'll probably do some more of this as, you know, the months go on, uh, things for like black history month, uh, maybe, uh, some for native Americans. Cause there's a lot of things going in the native community that people can always help with as well as just other organizations. Obviously I feel like soccer more so than any other sport is built on community is built on helping each other. And it's built on helping those who are marginalized get a voice. I feel like soccer has kind of built its way to be a sport that's conducive of that. So thank you for everyone who listened to us and helped us raise some money and uh, spread awareness, retweeted our, our stuff. We really, really appreciate that. All right, Jack, we have a, a very fun uh, weekend of things to talk about in the soccer world, both in uh, the transfer part of soccer and also some of the international stuff. So Jack, we're going to start with probably, obviously, the thing we're most known for at this point, transfer hot or not, mm -hmm. where I'll tell Jack uh, a transfer saga that's happening or has wrapped up, and he's going to tell me if that transfer is a hot transfer, whether it's good for all or some parties, or whether it's a not hot transfer, if it's kind of on the colder side of things. Because we have other things to talk about, it's not just transfers this week, I'm going to be gamifying this a little bit, Jack, a little, little, right. little fun stuff. Uh, I I'll give you a transfer and you'll have 45 seconds to give your reasoning why they're hot or not. If you pass 45 seconds, I'll say something, ah, you know, like something crazy okay, like that. Okay. Uh, and I'll have, I don't know, I'll give myself like 15 or 30. I probably won't have anything else much to say after okay. that. Uh, but Jack, before we get to the other transfers, some transfers that wrapped up pretty recently that we have talked about in the past, Calvin Phillips to City and Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal. If you want to learn more about how we think that's going to affect those teams, listen to some of our other uh, numbered episodes uh, going back. But Jack, we're actually not going to do the 45 seconds this time around because this is a major transfer that probably deserves a little bit more than 45 okay. seconds to talk about. I mean, I know what it is, and it's not going to take me that long to give my opinion on it, but okay, well, I, I, I know what it's going to be. I'll, I'll still time you. I'll, I'll just see okay. how, how long you go for it. But Jack, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo formerly of Real Madrid, Juventus, most recently uh, Manchester United, potentially mm -hmm. going to your club, Chelsea mm -hmm. Football Club. He is one of the greatest players of all time, so is this hot or not? Ice cold. Okay. Instantly, ice cold. And do you want to know why? One. Why? Terrible person. Don't like him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He can't go into right. the U.S., so he can't even go to the preseason <laughs> tour. There we go. Me reason enough. <laughs> That's Two. true. He doesn't press. We saw it with Ragnick's system. He does not press. That's not what he does. He doesn't fit the system that Tuchel plays. Three, his ego has, like, d destroyed the Manchester United locker room. Bad, bad locker room presence. And Chelsea fans are like, oh, think about Mason Mount and Reese James feeding him crosses. I don't care. I don't want to. I want wow. him nowhere near Chelsea. Wow. Nowhere near. Uh, I hate him with a passion. And wow. I, I, would, I would rather see him retire than... Uh, that, that would be my advice. Let him retire. Um, wow. ice cold, Hate ice it. cold. Well, Jack, that was actually under 45 seconds. Yeah. And you said a lot without having to say too it's much. It's the debater. Huh? It's the debater in me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, I also think that this is ice cold for Chelsea 
And I think a lot of Chelsea fans do actually agree. I hope so. And for the same reasons why I think Neymar wouldn't be a good transfer, I think this is also a bad transfer. Because uh, he was he was decent last season. 15 non-penalty goals in the league mm-hmm. on uh, 15.8 XG, which is pretty good considering that Manchester United were pretty, pretty bad last season. But the thing is, he'll be on like 500,000 pounds a week. Definitely which, not worth that. Which no. will make him the highest paid player on Chelsea's team and when you consider that the reason why Chelsea lost the players like Rudiger Christensen and more it it was due to them feeling undervalued compared to the attackers right and I said Neymar you know the focal point will be Neymar they'll take away from the attackers and also take away finances Ronaldo like just like we united how they built around Ronaldo you would have to do that with a player of his caliber and you'd lose out on investing on you know, pieces like, hello, Chelsea's central defense problem. That's a huge yeah, issue right now. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good one to fix first. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a it's it's a useless transfer. It doesn't actually bring Chelsea forward. It actually might backfire in their face. So yeah. cold, cold, cold. Yeah, very cold. All right. I mean, that's probably the biggest transfer out of this. We mm-hmm. probably could have talked about it more, but uh, succinctly, I think this would be hot for United. Because I I think they'd like to probably get on with their rebuild. But for Chelsea fans, cold. Yeah, definitely cold. Nothing else to say, I guess. All right, Jack, let's start with the 45 seconds and me having 30 seconds. Starting with uh, another Chelsea topic, uh, Hakim Ziyech to AC Milan for reportedly 22 to 25 million euros. He had four goals and three assists in 1,319 minutes last season. Jack, Ziyech to AC Milan, hot or not? Conditional. Conditionally hot. Okay. Uh, and the reason, the condition is, depends if we get Rafinha and Sterling. If we get both of them, fine. Uh, I'm, this is a, that's a great transfer. Recouping most of the money that we got on him for less, uh, you know, we paid 30 million for him. 22 million is fine. Uh, so I, I think it's a condi- conditionally hot transfer. Uh, Chelsea, if they get two new attackers, they need to fill up some space. And Ziyech, yes, he can be creative, but too often he tries to go all by himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, dribbling, yeah, yeah, and that that slows down the game a little bit too much. He scored important goals, and I appreciate him for that. But could be hot if we get those new attackers in. All right, Jack, that was forty-two seconds. Good job, good job. Uh, I think this is a uh, pretty warm for AC Milan and fine for uh chelsea he always seemed like the ugly duckling in terms of uh chelsea's attackers so i understand why they'd step away from him but for ac milan i think 22 to 25 million euros is a great deal for them uh, that will bolster their attack in a very positive way i think he fits the system and you know as ac milan not just tries to defend their title but potentially wants to make a run in the champions league perhaps i think this would be great depth for them so i'm going to go with a very warm transfer for them all right swick uh, let's go with another Chelsea topic. A lot of uh, you'd expect, you know, Chelsea to have a lot of action in the transfer market right now, given uh, their new ownership. But Jack, Aspilicueta potentially moving to Barcelona and Alonso's also somewhere in there. Uh, I think they're valued at 13 million a piece. But given the not so great reputation of that source, a lot of Chelsea fans are probably guessing they'd go for maybe a little bit less. Jack, the main topic, Aspilicueta to Barcelona, is that hot or not? 
cold for both sides. Uh, cold okay. for Chelsea because we need any center back coverage possible. <laughs> uh, and he's a good leader. He is he is Chelsea's best captain of all time. I I I'm I'm not accepting any other argument. Uh, and Barcelona, remember, remember, they had to sell 10 percent of their TV rights for the next 25 years just to announce Kessier and Andreas Christensen. And they still can't register one of their players they they need to sort out their finances way too much. They keep they're in for every player, but if they keep getting them, it's, it's going to destroy their finances. Uh, I think this is really bad for Barcelona's financial state and Chelsea still need them. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree for Chelsea. I'm not going to say anything else about that for Barcelona. I think it is a little bit warmer because I feel like he'd be che- on the cheaper side considering that he is. 32. They don't they don't want to pay they don't want to pay the 13 million supposedly that Chelsea want for him. I I suppose I suppose but at, at the same time like I don't know there definitely could have been more expensive options so this might be actually the budget option but regardless you're right I I feel like we got enamored by Barcelona's business getting like oh they're in for this layer we're like wow I guess they figured out their finances no it's very clear that they haven't and I think Chavi in the rebuilding process it can't happen overnight i know that like on-field success is like tied to the barcelona name but would you rather take short-term success that screws you long term or some short-term failures that leads to long-term success i'm a little bit cooler but still warm on this transfer for those financial reasons all right uh speaking of barcelona uh listeners you'll probably guess that a lot of these transfers flow into each other pretty well uh Jack mentioned Kessier to Barcelona from uh, AC Milan, along with Christensen. Both those uh, two transfers are, are official, but we already talked about Christensen. So on on Kessie, you know, coming on in on a free, still 25 from the Ivory Coast defensive midfielder, one Serie A with AC Milan playing 31 out of 38 matches. Jack, is this transfer hot or not? Uh, this is this is a pretty hot transfer. Kessier is okay. very good, very important part of AC Milan's team. Uh, and, you know, Barcelona need a new defensive midfielder. Sergio Busquets is 33, is slowing down a little bit. So I think I think it and potentially losing Frankie Dion, who right. knows about that. So they definitely need someone in there who can who can fill in those gaps. And Kessier, I'm not sure how many other defensive midfielders that are available are better options. Plus it was a freak transfer, I believe, uh, mm-hmm, which is, freak. which makes it even better, uh, immensely hot, like almost like, like almost like the sun, you know? <laughs> Dang. Okay. Okay. And right before 45 seconds, Jack, congratulations. Uh, yes. Go. I think this is a, a great, great deal. He's great defensively, practically a wall in the midfield and can score six goals in the last season. To me, he's like the heart and soul that Barcelona need in the the midfield, more so than Busquets uh, in recent seasons. Uh, the question is for me, I I, I want to know if he can resist the press and if he can progress the ball forward. He's only in the 48th percentile in progressive carries and progressive passes. And while Frankie de Jong would help alleviate that issue, it is yet to see if he can, you know, bump himself up into Barcelona quality, even though he is defensively really well if he can jump up offensively on that side of the ball as well. All right. Speaking of midfielders, let's go into some U.S. national team players and talk about Tyler Adams moving from RB Leipzig to Leeds United, potentially as a Calvin Phillips replacement, which we you know, said is out of the picture for Leeds. 
uh, current rumors are a 20 million pound fee. Fabrizio Romano confirmed it, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. He gave the Uh, here we go. Yeah, and I I think that it it is actually really close. Uh, And Jesse Marsh, also an American, of course, is uh, about to confirm it. Links up with other American, Brendan Aronson. He only started 12 matches last season, but we've seen him be very consistent for RB Leipzig in the past four seasons. Jack Adams to Leeds. Is this hot or not? Very hot transfer. Um, okay. Leeds needed a replacement for Calvin Phillips, as you said. Adams is very good in in that defensive midfield role, and it was pretty clear he wasn't going to be included in the RB Leipzig project going forward. Already kind of was frozen out after this past season, so he definitely needed a move. Maybe it would have been nicer to see him go to a different uh, club in the Premier League that maybe would play some Champions League or Europe, but I think he he's still going to fit in pretty well to that system, and he's going to be guaranteed to start most yeah. of Leeds' games, which is kind of what you need. You want your players before World Cup getting that play time, so this is a hot transfer. Nice. I 100% agree. He's great defensively, top 2% in blocks, and constantly is a presence in the midfield, something that they'll need. Very physical, as we've seen with him body slamming El Salvadoran players in this last uh, window. Uh, he's also great at progressing the ball, too, which we've seen uh, Greg Berhalter unlock with the U.S. men's national team. And I think he's relatively cheap. I think 20 million pounds is actually undervaluing him. So I think that for the money, he'll be a great asset to Leeds. Like Jack said, he fits in the system. And just to say, you know, yes, it'd be great to play in the Champions League, but the majority of the season is going to be played in the league and the Premier League is the best. So he's going to get a lot of great, great opposition. Also, hot for New York Red Bulls who get a 33% sell-on fee. So good for uh, an MLS team. So yeah, Uh, let's go and stay in the Premier League. Talking about uh, Langlet to Spurs. It is a loan. Langley. Longley. Thank you. Thank you, Jack, for uh, some uh, French uh, name Langlet. pronunciations. Langlet. Yeah. Uh, isn't no, it's it isn't Aglet the thing on the end that's, of your that's, shoelaces? Yes, that's that's the thing yeah. on the end of the shoelace. Yes. Yes. I confused the two, I suppose. Hey. Okay. Langley to Spurs. It's a loan until 2023 from Barcelona. The 27 year old showed talent for Barcelona, but his confidence wavered, leading to cut game time. Uh, there's a point where he was playing through 3,000 minutes plus with Sevilla helping Barcelona win La Liga. A lot of people think that's just a matter of confidence. So, Jack, as a fan of the French national team, what do you think about Langley moving the Spurs? It's very hot for Barcelona. They get another player off their books for the year so they can kind of sort out some finances. Kind of medium, uh, medium heat for Spurs because Langley never inspired confidence in me when I watched him play for the French national team. Okay. I was always waiting for him to make a mistake because he usually did. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I, I feel like he maybe he could be really good. And Conte could probably see something in him that he can get the best out of him in this system. But right now, based off of what I've seen from him, I'm not 100% convinced that this is like the best possible transfer. But on a loan, pretty low risk, I guess. Yeah, I'm a bit warmer on this. I think that it's good depth for Spurs as maybe Conte bring some talent uh, back into him. Uh, I, I can see him challenging Davies or Dyer in the back three, but it's not a, a game changer for Spurs in the same way like the Basuma signing or the next signing we're going to talk about is, but they'll still need a, a really solid center back, I think, to shore up uh, that back three and provide some more uh, talent to push the other players. But for what it's worth, you know, it, you're, you said it's it's low risk and he has the talent to potentially fight his way into that starting lineup. So we'll see. We'll see. 
uh, let's stay with Spurs and talk about Richarlison moving from Everton to Tottenham for reportedly 60 million euros. I don't know how true that that uh, that is 50 million pounds about. Uh, he scored 10 goals and five assists last season for an objectively terrible team. So take that as what you will. Uh, Jack, is this transfer Charleston Brazilian to Spurs hot or not? I think it's pretty. I'm, I'm not. I don't think it's very hot. Like, sure, it's depth for Spurs, but unless they're switching to a two striker system, which doesn't really work, because then Son gets put out to a position that he's not as comfortable in. Uh, it's, it's not. It does. It feels like it doesn't fit the system. Also, Richarlison is the most cocky player I've ever seen. <laughs> I guess it makes sense he's going to Spurs. Uh, then you know, uh, given their mascot, but uh, he. He's not really been impressive, really, for me. I don't know. I, I when Chelsea were like, we're going to go in for him. I was worried because I did not want him at Chelsea. Uh, so I'm glad he's going to go to Tottenham so they can waste money on him instead. So it's kind of medium, a medium heat. Jack, I think that this is a very hot transfer, oh. actually, uh, because it bolsters that front three and gives them more flexibility in terms of game time. Conte said it best, quote, our main problem is the gap between who starts and who comes on. When you think about who comes on for Kane, Son, Kulusevsky, it's a bunch of scrubs and question marks, right? And so I think that this gives them more capabilities in the cha- in Europe. And we see, saw that they crashed out, particularly because they didn't have enough depth to uh, help Kane and Son. And I, I think that while this isn't like a standout player, it's a game changing in the way that it'll take pressure off of their real star players. It is cool for Everton, uh, yeah. who's a player who scored 43 goals for them in the last four seasons. I I don't know what's going to happen to them. I'm, I I'm hope an Everton, relegation. Yeah, if I'm an Everton uh, supporter, I'm very, very scared right now because losing Richarlison, not getting a lot of your targets, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, let's talk about something that's a little bit on the happier side, uh, and that is Ethan Horvath to Luton Town on a loan. Uh, and it looks like that is for the season. Luton, of course, you know, uh, finished the, the championship season sixth place, losing to Huddersfield Town in the playoff semifinals. And as well as, you know, Horvath, who played some matches for uh, Nottingham Forest, who did end up getting promoted. But obviously they think that his his time is best spent in the championship. Jack Horvath to Luton is as hot or not. This is a pretty hot transfer. You know, Luton uh, were challenging for some playoffs this this past season. They challenged in the playoffs. And I think the one thing that they were kind of missing in that run was a solid goalkeeper that could help keep them in in the in for longer periods of time. Uh, Horvath was great. He played six games in the championship, kept clean sheets in three of them, made 17 saves across six games. Mm-hmm. Those are good stats in a limited number of games. He has championship experience. That's good. And plus, like we've talked about, it's good to have a goalkeeper who is going to have regular minutes going into yeah. the World Cup. And so I think it's a pretty good loan. I, I like it. And I feel like Luden kind of suits his style of play. All right. Ooh, Jack, a little two seconds over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Shouldn't have added the added the <laughs> extra stuff. No, it's OK. Uh Pretty much for the same reasons that you said, I think it's really hot. Uh, I feel a lot more confident about the U.S.'s goalkeeper situation now that we have him and Stefan and, you know, Johnson getting solid game time. 
and he will get game time because their number one, James Shea, Shea, uh, is injured until mm-hmm. at least next April. Uh, I'd like to see him, you know, now that he's a lot, has a lot of game time, work on some of his distribution in the championship. And I think that he'll have the opportunity to do that because Luton Town is a relatively good team. Uh, we know that shot stopping is good, so it's all about you know, working on those weaknesses, which I think in the championship, he'll get a lot of opportunities to do. All right, let's move on to another U.S. national team player, PFOC, Jordan PFOC, even though he referred to himself as Siabachu, so a lot of confusion still with his name. Moving from young boys in the Swiss League to Union Berlin of the Bundesliga. Yeah, he's making his way up. Uh, by the way, short sidebar. I asked uh, one of our listeners, Andrew Nelson, on Twitter, which which Bundesliga team I should support, given that I'm a fan of uh, Minnesota United and West Ham United. And for Minnesota United, he said Freiburg. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of their teams. But he also said for West Ham, the biggest one-to-one was Union Berlin. And now that PFOC's moving there, I'm officially an Union Berlin fan. I think not only that, but a lot of their, their, their club philosophies line up with mine, so... Automatically, I think this is hot, but he's moving for 6 million euros, scored 22 goals for Young Boys last season, was the Golden Boot winner, even though they got third place in the league. Jack Pifok, a player you like a lot to Union Berlin, is this hot or not? This is a hot transfer, and the reason yeah. why is actually uh, Union Berlin's top scorer, uh, Taiwo Iwaniyi, Went to Nottingham Forest for a club yeah. record fee. So uh, they He's need a, a new top scorer. Yeah, it's it's a great signing, great value that they got from this. Uh, he did really well in the in the Swiss League and in the Champions League, which I feel like is a huge thing. Uh, Union Berliner is going to be playing in the Europa League this season. So they, yeah, they need got sixth more place last time. They got fifth, actually. Ooh, wow. Uh, so they I think uh, fifth. Yeah, yeah, you're yes. right. You're right. Uh, so this would be a good transfer for them. Uh, also, sidebar, my favorite team is Colm. That's my favorite team in the Bundesliga. Okay. Is, is it because of the GOAT? Not not just because of the GOAT, but okay. also I, I really I, I really do like them a lot. Uh, I, 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 like, I like the mascot, but also they have some players that I'm a huge fan of. All right. Well, I'm a big fan of PFOC moving to Union Berlin. I, I have, you know, I tweeted about this. I have been a bit colder on him because he hasn't at all performed for uh, the U.S. national team, but if he can perform in the Bundesliga, that has to translate eventually, and I think this is a great step up for him. Yes, the Swiss League to Germany is a big, big step, but other players have done it before, and he can, if he's proven in the Swiss League, and I think that his defensive work as well as his finishing abilities will notch him at least some goals for Union Berlin, who you know did find themselves in that fifth place spot uh, it's also pretty cheap for someone who was a Golden Boot winner for uh, a pretty like mid-tier European league. So I think it's a good deal for Union Berlin as well. All right, Jack, let's talk about some not transfers, but instead some major players that are staying at their clubs, starting with uh, uh, Mohamed Salah of Liverpool staying on a three-year deal. Jack, is this signing contract extension hot or not? I mean, it's pretty hot. He's he's a good he's a good player. Yeah, you're underselling it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll build up to it. Uh, he's he's been great for Liverpool, record breaking. Uh, the the thing that that is a little concerning is the wage. He got a huge wage increase. I think it's up to three hundred and seventy five thousand yeah. per week, which is a 
a lot. <laughs> so it is a lot. Uh, we'll 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 see because it kind of upsets Liverpool's general wage structure of keeping players on pretty lower fees, and they could have gotten a lot of money for him if they if they sold him on. But he also scores a lot of goals and helps them to a lot of trophies. So yeah, uh, it's a, it's a very hot transfer. Um, yeah, it is a very hot transfer. It's just the wage that's a little high. It, it is the wage, but when you consider that he is like top five players in the world. You give it to him, especially if you can have smart transfers like Liverpool have done. Uh, they built around him. You know, they, they offloaded Mane in order to fund some of their other transfers and make room for players like Diaz and Nunez. Uh, and I, I think 118 goals and 46 assists in the last five seasons speaks for itself. And they're building uh, around him for the rest of his prime. So I think it's the right move for them. It is cold for everyone else. Uh, very sad for anyone not named Liverpool in the Premier League. All right, Jack. Next uh, signing contract extension that we're talking about is Neymar staying at PSG when it was rumored that he might be going out to places like Chelsea or Newcastle. Newcastle, I guess, are the two teams that could possibly afford him. Yeah. Apparently, Joe Linton wanted uh, Neymar there, his idol. Yes, uh, I wouldn't want to play with Joe Linton if I was Neymar personally. Ah, he had a good season. Come <laughs> he on, he had a better man. season, but I don't know. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Neymar is actually not going to Joe Linton uh, to play with him. Uh, instead, he is going to stay in Paris. He activated his player option to extend the contract until 2027. Now, usually I'll talk about this at some other point, uh, but just to give some context, 700k a week. That is the context until 2027 and some more context, Jack, so you might need it. Uh, 2027, he will be 35 years old. So, uh, Jack, is this contract extension hot or not? <laughs> uh, at first, I was going to be like, yeah, that's pretty cool if he's staying. I didn't realize it was a five-year extension at it's 700K a, a week. Yes. Uh, the viewers couldn't see it, but my eyes kept getting wider and wider as as yeah. the details kept getting revealed. That's pretty cold. Um <laughs> He he's been all right for PSG, yeah, but yeah, he's been good, yeah. I I don't but, know if seven hundred. But will he be good per, at thirty five? That's the question. yeah. That's that's the question. And for seven hundred k a week, that's mm, there's no reason for him to ever move until he's thirty five. It doesn't true. matter if PSG try and move him, he's gonna be like, no, I'll take my paycheck, and that's it. Uh, so yeah, I think this is pretty cold, <laughs> pretty cold. It's pretty cold for PSG, a, a real banter club, as some might say, to spend that much money on a player that they probably thought that was going to be the, the best player in the world uh, until Messi and Ronaldo sticked around for way too long. Uh, but yeah, this is really cold for them. I hope that their new sporting director you know, sorts things out for them in the future so they can avoid something like this. Really, really hot for him. Really, really hot for him. I'm sure his sister's birthday parties are going to be very decadent from here on out. <laughs> uh, I literally wrote in my notes, LOL, because yeah. until 2027, 700,000 euros a week. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 35 years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's more paid. That's so overpaid. It's fine, though. He's going to he's going to be chilling for years. He's going to be chilling. He's going to be chilling. Just basically using PSG as a training ground for in between Copa Americas for yeah. him. Basically, basically. All right, Jack, let's talk about another U.S. player staying. Pulisic not leaving. Jack, I actually don't know any of the uh, real news here. So I can, I can tell you the it. context for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
we we've talked about how Chelsea have been informatized a licked for a while. Uh, and uh, Juventus wanted Christian Pulisic and Chelsea refused, saying that he is a huge part of their project going forward. So uh, it seems like at least he's not going to go to Juventus. Maybe the more accurate title is Christian Pulisic not to Juventus. Uh, they the only player it seems like they're looking to include in the swap deal is Timo Werner and not Christian Pulisic. So uh, I guess you can you can start it off then, AJ. Do you think this is hot or not? All right, I'll give myself the 45 seconds. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's pretty hot if this is a sign that Tuchel is going to give him more game time, preferably in the, the winger spot, which might not be center back. Oh, yeah. Center back, center back. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And right center back at that. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I, I am a bit concerned considering that they're still in for Rafinha and Sterling. Uh, but as I said before, I'm a big fan of because of this weird schedule of the World Cup coming up, you stay with the, the devil that you know. And you know that that you know the system at Chelsea. You know that you're at least going to get some game time. So don't risk a move right before the most important tournament in the world. So I think this is pretty warm, all things considered. Jack, what about you? Yeah, I think it's warm, too, because it means I can keep my Christian Pulisic Chelsea jersey. <laughs> of course. And of I don't course. have to get a new one. But also, he is very good. He's one of Chelsea's best attackers when he's played in his position. And I think it is a genuine sign that Tuchel does rate him and wants him to stay in the system. And, you know, if Ziyech and Werner are both leaving, that still is, you know, still still gives him some opportunities, especially if Rafinha does end up going to Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll sell off more TV rights deals to yeah. to fund him. But I'm a big fan of uh, Rafinha, and uh, th- th- this is not transfer related right now. Mm-hmm. But someone needs to sign Sinistera of, I believe, PSV. He's a, he's a, a okay. winger, I believe. And the reason why I say that is because I used in Football Manager, <laughs> I used to <laughs> dice up Tottenham. And then ever since they signed Sinistera, like, in the game, I, like, it's been such a pain. Like, him and Emerson Royale, of all players, are, like, um, on that right side, just destroy me every single time. So, uh, this is a call to any any team that needs wingers, sign that man. He's going to be good. You need to ask for a a partial uh, fee for for that. You need, like, 5%. Yeah, 5% discovery fee. Yeah, the MLS discovery (laughs) rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Well, speaking of not transfers, and let's move on to something else. Uh, Jack, you, we have a, a stat padding here. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to explain what stat padding is? Because we haven't done it in a while and uh, get things started here. It's trivia about soccer stats. That's, yes. that's, the, that's the short version of it. Uh, I have five questions about a random topic each week. This week, uh, almost every single MLS club has played through half of their games this season. There are a few oh exceptions into Miami, Colorado, and I think Portland or LA Galaxy are the three that have only played 16 instead of 17. But given that it's about midseason, how about we talk about some stats that are uh, occurring in the midseason? We've so done scared. we've done these before. Uh, so let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see how you do on this. Are you ready? Uh, sure. All right. So we're going to start with probably an easy one. You'll probably get this one. Okay. What player has the most yellow cards this season? Yellow cards? Oh yep. man, I'm not gonna get that. Uh, uh, I almost said Shaka. Almost <laughs> just a just a force of habit. Uh, yellow cards. Can I can I get some hints? Uh, can I? 
you can I get can I get Eastern and Western Conference at the very Western least? Conference? And I'll give you another hint. You should definitely get this one. I don't yellow cards. Okay, who? Uh, I don't know why my my, my uh. The I, number, I by the way, is nine yellow cards. Nine yellow that's, cards. That's another hint. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I think you uh, might have got Western Conference yellow yep. cards. I almost went Francisco Calvo. No, it's got to be Will Trapp, the guy that gets like a yellow card in the first <laughs> that, five that, minutes. That's why I said you you should know it. It oh, is yeah. Will Trapp. That was a major concern at the beginning of the season yeah, for us. Yeah, he's cleaned it up a little bit. He yeah. he hasn't gotten one every single game, but the first, uh, I think, six games, he got a yellow card every game. Wow. So, uh, yeah, but he has nine. So he slowed down the accumulation a little bit. He was on okay. pace for one per game, but since then, has <laughs> cleaned up his act. So that that was a that was an easier one, I thought, but uh, we'll go to the next one. So the top five rated players on Footmob all play as attacking midfielders. OK, can you name all five of them? OK. Hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Zella Ryan, maybe Zellarion. I'm going to go with, ooh, the only good player for Toronto right now, Pozuelo. You got one. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Uh. Ooh. Lucho Acosta of FC Cincinnati has to be up there. That's two. You've got okay. two. Carlos Heel of New England Revolution. That's three. Okay. Ooh. I'm on, I'm kind of on a <laughs> roll right now. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Is Carlos Vela considered a number ten? Probably not. Uh. I'm gonna go with Reynoso. That's four. You've got four, one left. Oh, I'm not going to get this, actually. You uh, you honestly should, given how much you rate him. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Lodero of Seattle. It is not Lodero. Oh! But I'll, I'll give you the point because you got four out of five. I'll give you, okay. I'll give you okay. it. Okay. Uh, it's Mihailovic. Ooh. Because he's he's been great for Montreal, and Montreal have been doing great. Uh, okay. And there is a bonus point attached to this question. All right. Can you put them all in order? Not, it's an all or nothing okay. question. Uh, 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 no. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, gosh. I'm going to go heel number one. Pozuelo number two. Uh, who's the one I didn't get? Mihailovic. Uh, go Mihailovic number three. Reynoso number four. Acosta five. You got the ends right, but the middle's all mixed up. It is oh. actually Reynoso second. Oh, He's wow. the second highest rated player in MLS right now. Uh, Pozuelo is third and Mihailovic is fourth. Yeah. Okay. So well, you got you. You have two out of two. Technically, you could have had three out of two, but you got that, two. That's true. Uh, so next next one here. What two players are the only two that have won multiple penalties for their teams in MLS? Oh, Ooh. we're going a little bit more obscure. OK, well, I know one because uh-huh. I think one of them is Reynoso. That is correct. Yes, it's Reynoso. Reynoso is one of them again. And I give up because I can't possibly name. I, don't know I, I can give you some hints. I can okay. give you I'll give you two hints. You can ask for position, team name, uh, conference. Oh, dude, team name is so easy. OK, uh, Seattle, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, rolled on. Yeah, it's not rolled on. No, what? oh, my gosh, <laughs> it's Montero, Freddie Montero. Uh. Reynoso and Montero are the only players who have won two penalties for their teams. Everyone else on the list has only won one. Dang. I, I was really feeling it with that rolled on because I, I, I know that he can do that. 
you, you've guessed Seattle players for two of them, and it hasn't turned out well for you. Yeah, I, uh, I should guess giving a, well, where they are in the standings. But yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. They, they, they could use some help. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe Ronaldo should sign for them. Oh, wait, yeah, I guess. in the U.S. Darn. Nah, nah, Can't do nah. it. Uh, all right. The th- uh, fourth question. This is another top five. The top five goalkeepers in terms of save percentage this season. Wow. Wow. Top five, you said? Top five, yeah. Andre Blake, maybe one? Yep. That's number one. 81.4%. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Uh, is... Oh, I was going to say Slonina. Oh, uh, Dane St. Clair. Dane St. Clair is second, 74.7%. Big yeah. gap there in yeah, save percentage. Very big gap. I still, I still think... All, all of these next ones are all within 1% of each other. Okay. Dane St. Clair, by the way, should be an all-star, I should say. Honestly, yeah. I, 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 I back it. If he doesn't get voted, I think Heath is going to take him regardless because I think he gets to yeah. choose a couple <laughs> players. So, does, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Sean Johnson of New York City FC. He's not on there. Okay. But you, get, you can get one run. Uh, we'll take four out of five on this, too. All right. Well, let's see. I know uh, Austin FC had a cracking start to the beginning of the season in part two to Brad Stuver of Austin FC. That is, he's fourth on the list. He has 73.8%. Awesome. You've got awesome. two other players. Uh... Oh, ooh, ooh. Actually, I don't know. I know he's conceded a bit. There's one um, in each conference left. One by in the each way. conference. Okay. Hmm. I'm tempted to say. Not. St- I'm not going to guess any more Seattle players. I'm not going to guess <laughs> any more Seattle players. I'm also not going to guess Nashville. No, I'm tempted to go with Joe Willis. I'm going to go with someone who I wasn't expecting to play well at all. Uh, Zach McMath. I don't know what happened to David Ochoa. I'll be honest, but I know that he took over. Fell off. <laughs> he, he did. He did fall off. Fall off. But Zach McMath has done a very good job, and RSL are literally like near the top of of the West. So I'm gonna go with Zach McMath as my last guess. And that's correct. He's third. Seventy four point four percent. You got the top four. Uh, top the fifth might surprise you. Actually, probably doesn't because I think you rate him. Eloy Room, 73.5%. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a little bit weird considering that Charlotte are in ni- or not Columbus. Columbus, Columbus are yeah. in ninth place. Yeah, but he's been playing well, at least. So it's not his fault, uh, necessarily. Where Where is the, the New York Red Bulls goalkeeper? Because they're Red also Bulls. on top. Uh, yeah, New York Red Bulls goalkeeper, because I don't have the full list. I can pull it up very quickly, though. Okay. Is... Just play some Jeopardy music, you know. Do, uh, do, 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 uh, I don't want to get copyrighted. <laughs> blah, 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 uh, Okay, uh, New York Red Bulls. Blah, 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 Carlos Miguel, 67.3%. Oh, wow. Which is 16th. Wow, that's... So... N- how, how, how about LAFC? Because we, we have the top in the east and top the west. LAFC, being... 20th, 66% for wow. Maxime Crepeau. So That's, I I I I can't possibly. Could you try guess to, who like, the last place goalkeeper is? Probably Tim Melia yep, of SKC. Tim Melia. Okay, fifty-four percent safe percentage. Man, Tim Tim and Tim Melia doesn't suck. SKC are just yeah very. Bad I, right I, I said it. The defense at the beginning of the season was going to mm-hmm. let him down. Now, last question: 
away from individual stats. Oh boy. Top four team or not top four teams. Four teams have a goal differential of zero this season. Can you name all four of those? And you know what? Since it's a list, we'll go three out of four. You can miss one. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use my trivia skills right here. Okay. We have like talked about Minnesota United every uh-huh. single one of these. So I'm going to go with Minnesota United as one of them. You found the theme. Congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so that is one of them. Yes. Uh, can I get, can I get like conferences? Can I get some hints? Yep. You've got uh, one East, two West left. Two. Okay. Left. Uh, uh, LA Galaxy seem to be someone who scores goals, but also ships goals out. I'm going to go with LA Galaxy. Close. They have a one goal differential, not a zero. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very close. It, actually, uh, that, that late goal by RSL yeah. is the reason we are below them in the table. Oh, wow. Okay. So, oh, uh, RSL, sure. Yeah, uh, I, 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 knew, I, I knew as soon as I said that that, that might spark you. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Two. You've got two. You can get one more, and you've got one in the Eastern Conference and one in the West. You know, you talk about Zach with math. I'm going to go with Eloy Room and Columbus Crew as the other one. That is incorrect, unfortunately. Uh, it is not Eloy Room and Columbus. Okay. It is actually, uh, Portland is one of them. And Wouldn't have guessed. Atlanta. Both have zero goal difference. Maybe could have so. guessed Atlanta. They have been kind of mid this season, despite. Yeah. I think both of us think that they do a lot better. Yeah, I think we both put them like high up, like getting a home playoff game. Yeah, uh, we we th- that could be a deep dive for another time i don't yeah. want to get sad about my predictions right now yeah uh so you got three out of five uh cool. that that's passing technically i suppose uh, it is it's 60 percent, 59 percent is a fail so yeah you you passed congratulations you yeah <laughs> you did all right but listeners if you did any better uh let us know in in i guess the comments on twitter on this post yeah so there you go yeah. reminder to follow us on twitter at final third show there you go. Always be advertising. Good job, Jack. All right, Jack, let's move on to some of our stories, uh, starting with U.S. participating in the U-20 CONCACAF Championship, which for this time around and potentially in future rounds uh, is both the qualifiers for the U-20 World Cup and the Olympics, the 2024 Olympics in Paris, France. Uh, it it was a weird format. I, I don't exactly like the format. I'll explain it to uh, everyone uh, the format now. Uh, there are three groups, groups E through G, and uh, the top three in each group move on to uh, the knockout stage, the round of 16. Uh, but you might be wondering, well, that is tw- nine. I almost said <laughs> that is nine teams. Actually, it's, uh, yeah, wait, no, group E through H. That's four. I'm sorry. I can't do math. Three times four is 12. So there's four missing teams there. Well, for some reason, CONCACAF just decided to have the qualification tournament uh, for all the teams that weren't good enough to directly qualify, uh, directly qualify them to the round of 16 instead of just the group stages. So we had uh, a couple of teams such as, I believe, Guatemala, Dominican Republic, Curacao, and Costa Rica yep. were the, the four or, teams. No, no, that, Nicaragua. Nicaragua, okay. Uh, were the, the the four teams that didn't directly qualify uh, and instead qualified 
still directly to the round of 16 through the qualification. It seems like an o- the the opposite should be the case, but you yeah, know. It, it's like a second group stage almost, like a group stage that have, just happens to be a couple, you know, a, a months before. Uh, but this was a tournament that concluded, posted in Honduras, and as you maybe know, uh, the USA has failed to qualify for uh, the Olympics, which is a U23 tournament uh, since 2008. And in previous iterations, the, the, uh, the Olympic qualifying tournament was its own tournament, uh, and it was U23s, usually some MLS players. But now, we have a lot of talented U20s that are qualifying for both the U20 World Cup and the, the Olympics. And through the group stage, which was Cuba, Canada, and St. Kitts and Nevis, we pretty much dominated. We beat St. Kitts and Nevis 10 to 0, as expected. Yeah. Poor, poor St. Kitts and Nevis has a very small population. Uh, we drew to Canada 2-2 two to two off of a freak own goal and kind of a fluke goal by Wright. Uh, but throughout uh, this group stage, we beat Cuba 3-0. to zero. Uh, A lot of, you know, standout stars, including Wolf, which is uh, the same Wolf that is the head coach of Austin FC, his son, I believe. Uh, we also have Caden Clark, well-known player, uh, Kate Cowell, well-known player. Quinn Sullivan, uh, Paxson Aronson, very, very good players from the Philadelphia Union Academy, as well as uh, Diego Luna, now of Art the RSL Academy, Real Monarchs. Jack McGlynn as well. well. Jack McGlynn, also of also Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union. Union. Yeah, I believe so. Dude, yeah, it, it literally the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union are carrying uh, the U.S. national team. Yeah, Brandon Aronson as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mark McKenzie, he's there too. So, yeah. <laughs> He's play, he, he helped us win the, the First Nations League. There yeah. He started Help. in the final. Yeah. Yeah. He helped. To, he was there. You don't have to talk about what happened in the final. <laughs> yes. He was present. So, so we won the group, only conceding two and scoring 15. We move on to the round of 16 where we face uh, Nicaragua. Beat them handily 5-0. to zero. They were one of the teams that qualified directly into the round of 16. Whatever. Interesting to note on the other side of the bracket, pretty much. Guatemala on penalties beat Canada. Maybe some some uh, signs that this Canadian golden generation is what it is, a golden generation. And maybe some of those youngsters aren't to the caliber of, let's say, the U.S. I don't know, Jack, if you have any thoughts on that. We can bag on Canada. In, maybe uh, Guatemala are just really good. Maybe. Maybe. Because what happened in the next round for Guatemala, AJ? Yeah, Guatemala... <laughs> Be another team on penalties that usually qualifies for the U20 World Cup. It's Mexico. They have been to every single U20 World Cup since like 2008 or 2009. And now because you have to make the semifinals to qualify for the U20 World Cup, Mexico are out and Guatemala are one of the uh, representatives. So and I think that also, you know, heeds some credence to the fact that potentially Mexico, their generation of youngsters aren't as high quality as they used to be in the past. Maybe some of their con- uh, federation is kind of lackluster right now in terms of growing the game and, you know, getting those youngsters up to speed. So, and this is also huge. Sorry to keep on talking about Mexico, even though we're talking about the U.S. right now. Uh, but as a lot of Mexican fans have noted, this could hurt a lot of their chances for securing dual nationals between America and Mexico. Because think about it, right? It's likely that the likes of Maybe Ulian Orajo, uh, David Ochoa, they might not play right away for the senior national team, but they'll be a part of 
you know, the Olympics. A lot of players like to play in the Olympics, the U-20 World Cup. Mexico's not going to either now. And so for 2023 and 2024, those high-level youth tournaments are not going to exist for Mexico. But they are for the U.S. So now the U.S. can be like, hey, a high-quality Mexican-American that just turned 19 and is tearing it up in MLS in the year 2024, come to the Olympics and play for us. And Mexico can't do anything about that. The wild part about that, too, Mexico was third place at the Olympics uh, last time around. So that's been a pretty steep fall off uh, in just literally a year. Yeah. And, and yes, like this tournament is not forgiving at all. And, and on any other given tournament, Mexico probably could have won this all. But you beat what's in front of you and they couldn't beat Guatemala, which no offense to Guatemala. I got friends from Guatemala. Same. They're not the best national team. No, they were banned for like a five, <laughs> a half a decade, you know, and you can't beat them on, on penalties. It was two to one. Guatemala's goalkeeper went off yeah went off crazy absolutely crazy uh guatemala's luck ended there because dominican republic which which by the way they're one of the the qualifiers uh that qualified directly had not been to a single fifa or concaf tournament in any age group right not the gold cup not the world cup not not confederation not anything beat El Salvador 5 to 4. El Salvador is a good team. Yeah, that's impressive. Beat Jamaica 1 to 0. Jamaica also, also very good. Pretty good team. And Guatemala, who in Guatemala fashion beat them on penalties, of course, beat Guatemala in its own game to end Guatemala's serious Cinderella run. And so Guatemala and Dominican Republic are two of the teams that are that are representing the US in the, the U20 in sorry the, the CONCACAF <laughs> in the U20 World Cup in Dominican Republic n- not having qualified for like CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup will be representing the the region in the Olympics huge for huge for their country by the way huge for for uh Dominican Republic fans because we everyone knows that the main sport there is baseball so if this grows the game there that is huge that is huge uh, and as you can probably guess, the U.S. beat Costa Rica 2-0. to zero. A pretty close game, but all things considered, you know, got got the job uh, done in uh, San Pedro Sula. And that qualified them for the U-20 World Cup, which uh, we have done for a very long time. Uh, but the next game, I think, was the best game of this entire oh, tournament for the U.S. U.S. beating Honduras 3-0. to zero. They were pressing. They were fighting. They were when Honduras would would fight back. They were they, they were throwing pushes too. Uh, they were also throwing pushes in the Costa Rica game. And Cade Cowell got uh, suspended for three games because yeah. there was a huge brawl. Even though Costa Rica, they got they got a lot of punishments their way. So good for Concacaf for actually doing something. But in this Honduras game, the U.S. came out hungry. There was a mentality shift uh, right from the, the get go. Everyone knew what to do. The likes of I'm trying to pull up who actually scored here. Aronson in the third minute, uh, Alvarado Jr., and then Quinn Sullivan uh, to round it out. In the first half, they came out hungry. They came out with a serious game plan. And despite 16,500 very loud Honduras fans being in the stadium, cheering on the home team, it came out on top and shut uh, shut them up completely. The Vuvuzelas for at least five minutes after every goal went completely quiet. Like it was, 
it was a good game to qualify the U.S. again because the top two teams make it to the Olympics. Qualify the U.S. to the Olympics for the first time since 2008. Jack, we were there when they failed to qualify for the the 2020 uh, Olympics back in March of 2020. Yeah. Or 2021, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Because it was delayed, whatever. This this is a good movement, don't you think? Big turnaround, yeah. And it might have helped that instead of being a U23 tournament, it was a U20 tournament, which might help a little bit because Mexico and Canada do have a lot of good players from the age range of 21 to 23. But it does show that the U.S., they have a deep talent pool that goes pretty far down in terms of age, which is exactly what you want to see. Yeah, and I love to see it. And the thing that we actually said going back a year and a half now when we failed to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics is the issue of not having any middle talent. Because when you're a team like Honduras, which is a very good team, uh, not a lot of their top talent is going to move to Europe, is going to move to uh, maybe the high echelons of MLS. So a lot of their U23 talent are going to be let go by, uh, by their clubs in order to come to this tournament. And so they got the best of the best of their national team at that level there. And then you have maybe some other like really high level teams like Mexico, which have a lot of U23 talent move abroad or go to Liga MX clubs that don't want to let them go. But they have enough like, you know, talent on the the, the the smaller end to you know let them qualify and so before in the 2021 uh, olympic qualifying tournament we had the u.s have a lot of their super talented players move abroad people like tyler adams who could have played for this tournament not be let go by their respective clubs but they also had what uh, available to them not exactly the best talents uh, you know, we had, you know, Jackson Ewell be one of our best players in the, at that tournament. You know, he's fine, but he's on the lower end of the spectrum instead of like that middle ground where they're good enough to be very talented and push us to the win, but also not talented enough to necessarily make that jump right away. And once you have enough high level talent, you're going to get more of that middle talent, which is, I think, maybe a sign of what is to come. We'll see if we can qualify for the next Olympics. Uh, well, we're going to automatically qualify because the next one's in Los Angeles. But the next one after that, if it goes back to being a U23 tournament. But I'm excited, and it's still two years out. We're, you know, whatever. I should say United States beat Dominican Republic, obviously, to make it three uh, championships in a row at the U20 level. Goals from Wolf, two from Aronson, one from Allen, one from McGlynn, and one from uh, Sakiris, I believe is how I pronounce that. Uh, so a good win from us. And the U.S. is actually the first U.S. team of any sport to qualify for the, the 2024 Olympics. So, nice. Cool. Handball next. Let's go. USA handball, team. Team USA. Water hand. polo. Handball, yeah. is my, handball is actually my, one of my favorite sports handball to watch is fun. Handball is fun. It's great. Yeah. Only the Philippines can be good at any sport that's not <laughs> weightlifting. You got the gold last time. So Hey, there you go. Got to celebrate the victories where you yeah. can. Is Guyana good at... I Any don't Olympic think sport? so. <laughs> Not going to okay. lie. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Paxton Aronson, who got the golden ball and the golden boot, and Christopher Brady, who got the golden glove for, uh, you know. Didn't concede gold. a single goal in the knockout round. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I think it was like 37 and 2 is the final. Yep. Or uh, not 30. I think 31 and 2. Okay. But even then, I mean, 
Good. The difference between 31 and 37 is still so, so minimal when you consider the amount of goals. Yes, yes. So. All right. So, U.S. qualify. Woohoo. Congrats. Yeah. We finally, finally we did got, we got We got that curse off our back. 16 years. Legitimately, like, some of these, some of the players were two years old when the last time the u.s played in the olympics i i I was seven specifically yeah i I was seven watching i'm trying to remember was it josie no was it josie altador yeah maybe i I, I remember watching that tournament and i was seven i was playing mario and sonic at the beijing olympics on the nintendo wii great game by the way great great hey it's a great game but yeah you're 100 right i'm just really excited to watch tournaments and have like rooting interest in them because i i love watching euros but it's not the same as watching like you know the u.s one's national team last year in the olympics kind of stink it up but you know it's okay mm-hmm. they got yeah. third the fact that i care is all that yeah. that really matters uh next let's talk about some of our predictions for the women's international tournaments right we're not going to go too in-depth because that's a, a lot of research, but we still want to give our due diligence to these teams and, you know, talk about it as the tournament goes on. We also didn't have a lot of time to talk about in-depth, so we didn't want to disrespect these tournaments by having too fast of reviews. Uh, but we are going to talk about these tournaments as they go on. The first is uh, the Women's CONCAC Championship. So we're going to give some of our contenders for these tournaments the Women's Concap Championship, of course, is also, as Jack uh, so <laughs> uh, had to learn the hard way, is also the Women's World Cup qualification. Uh, there are uh, two groups of four. Uh, the top two of each group qualify for the World Cup. And number uh, three in each group go on to the Inter-Confederation playoffs. In Group A, United States, Mexico, the hosts, Jamaica and Haiti in Group B, Canada, Costa Rica, Panama, and Trinidad and Tobago. Jack, who is your first contender that you think will make it? Top pick, and I feel like this... You might think that I would go with the U.S. first. No, Canada. Canada. Uh, They're great. They won the Olympics last time, uh, like last year. They are a very, very solid national team. They have some veteran presence. You know, they've got Christine Sinclair. who has been around for a while with Canada. Uh, they've got Quinn, who was very good in, in the Olympics. Uh, you know, you've got. Uh, I'm going to pronounce her her last name wrong. Jordan Huitema. We just made a huge move to O.L. Reign. Yeah, exactly. Like there are some fantastic She's players. Only 21. Wow. Wow. There are some fantastic players for Canada. Uh on this roster and balance balance squad balance squad very talented squad i think and also i think their group is far easier than group a yeah like I mean, yes trinidad and tobago ha- they actually beat guyana very barely to make it I, guyana, guyana almost had a chance oh my gosh almost, that's almost crazy. had a chance uh which would have been great but trinidad and tobago Panama. I think Costa, Costa Rica is the, the yeah. big. Uh, Costa Rica is the biggest one, but no, th- I, this I is Canada's group to lose. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I so I think that this is uh, Costa Rica's roster. Also worth saying, very old squad. Uh, most of their players are over thirty. I believe their uh-huh. average age is around thirty. Uh, so could work against them, 
but I'm I'm going with Canada as my number one pick to qualify out of this. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, I also agree with Canada. I mean, I'm just looking through uh, some of the the list of players, right? And you have like you know for Chelsea, Jesse Fleming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have you know you mentioned Quinn, uh, but yeah, you, you you look at this list, and a lot of these players are are young. Are, are, are very talented. Janine, Becky, of course, like that forward line is outside of just Sinclair. Like Becky is also very good, you know, and you have so many of these players who can contribute, who have contributed at the highest level in world football and the women's stage. And also, you know, I, you look at the, their recent results and I've been uh, paying attention to, to some of their decisions in terms of friendlies. And it's not like they win every time they draw. But something that I've criticized the U.S. Women's National Team a lot for is that they don't challenge themselves. You look mm-hmm. at uh, the She Believes Cup, and then you look at the Arnold Clark Cup that, that uh, Canada was a part of in England. And you, they face against uh, teams like England, Germany, and Spain. That is good preparation for what should be a very good squad in the future. Not just the Olympics, but you look forward to the World Cup, and you see that uh, some of their choices for who they face off, you know. Uh, the likes of Nigeria, South Korea, sure, but again, those Arnold uh, Clark Cup opponents facing uh, them is really, really important. So I, I definitely believe in Canada. I will say that on the other side of things, U.S. it is their group to lose as well, uh, and I, I think they should be able to win it handedly. Uh, you look at who I think is going to be a, a real star for them, Trinity Rodman. It, it, it's mm-hmm. her first real games of no real competitive games that really really matter uh so i think that she's going to be a a good name but also you have a lot of other young names too which i've been really excited to see uh the likes of naomi germa girma uh i believe is uh, probably not how you pronounce it uh but she's a defender uh, for the san diego wave san diego wave who doing pretty hot top top of the nwsl i believe right yes yeah very hot start uh, and then you also look at Emily Fox and Ashley Sanchez, who I think can you know really contribute both on the uh, the young side. Sophia and, Smith. Sophia Smith, you're right, you're right. But beyond that, you still have a lot of those older players who might not be contributing as much. I'm sure Megan Rapinoe will keep on playing until she physically can't. Uh, but you you have a, a lot of those veterans who I I hope and I hope Vladko uh, goes in this direction. Uh, in competitive games move on towards maybe a second generation coming in because you still have like rose lavelle in her prime uh but you still have that, that veteran presence like christy mewis uh ashley hatch morgan of course i, I can go on sauerbrunn their captain uh Neher in goal uh so not only are they probably the the most likely to win their group i'd put them as pretty high chances to win the entirety of the championship yeah I, I i could see the final being canada us oh yeah for sure uh, matchup of that semi-final in the olympics so it'll yeah. be, be interesting but i i agree the us tons of talent uh i'm excited to see how they do you know i i think that they're going to do pretty great because you look at the squad uh i i can't see a weak spot I, I don't see a weak spot. I, I think every single player on this roster is going to play a role and does very well at that. So, yes. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. But I, I also agree. Canada and U.S. should win their groups, respectively. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Uh, 
any other contenders drag i can look at towards mexico they're they're hosting it and it's it's not like uh they're a bad team at all in fact i i believe in concaf they are the third uh best ranked in in the region so i i, I definitely pen them and costa rica to probably get out their groups uh second to uh us and canada respectively but especially because i i feel i feel like that there have been good mexican players at, at, of recently and i think uh i believe what is it uh liga mx femina femini yeah uh, I, I, started I think in that, 2017. Yeah, I, I think the way that they have grown the, the the female game in in their country and investing it is beginning to pay a lot of dividends. And Mexico has played U.S. and Canada pretty recently, so I don't know. I don't know. Can Can I make a case for some for another team actually as well, who Not, I think could okay make it could I, I do think something? I might know the team. It's Jamaica. Jamaica is my because they've got some good players on their team. Uh, Khadija Shaw, who plays for Manchester City, scored nine goals in 17 appearances. Not too bad. Uh, And, you know, I think they've got a solid squad that's been built, that's building for a little bit. Beat their made it out of their qualifying group, winning uh, 24 to two on aggregate. Pretty, pretty good stuff. I, I think that they have. A pre a, a good squad that has, you know, some some playing in England, some playing in the NWSL, uh, and you know a few amateur players as well. And so I I feel like they're a dark horse pick. Be okay. behind the top three, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're battling for that second spot in Group A along with Mexico. All that right. uh, unfortunately, um, I do think that in Group A there's an odd one out in that, and that would be Haiti. Yeah, Which probably. They they were they were do they they were dominant. They they beat the British Virgin Islands twenty one to zero, but that's the it's the British Virgin Islands, uh, and their women's team at that, which yeah. they have not put any investment really into into that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they're they're really young too, but you know they they could Group A is the group of death overall. I think. Yeah, I th- I think that that's the that's the main thing. Group B. Yeah. Canada should clear it, but Canada should clear it. And uh, speaking of clearing it in the knockout rounds, yeah, obviously it's the semifinals. Uh, but there's also the Olympic qualifying tournament because Concaf loves just combining those tournaments. Uh, the third place team, so there's actually stakes to be to even if you lose the semifinals. Third place team goes to the Concaf Olympic playoffs, where they will face off uh, with the the losers of the final to see who's that second team from CONCAF to go to the, uh, the Olympics. And obviously the winner of this entire tournament qualifies for the Olympics. So hopefully the U.S. doesn't have to play in any uh, uh, playoff and they just win the tournament outright. Hoping, hoping. And in addition, if they win this tournament, they get to qualify for the next tournament automatically. So, cool. Uh, I'd I pen the U.S., like you said, and Canada to be those two teams. Uh, there. So, really exciting. I'm excited to watch this. Uh, I... What was there a 2020 version? I remember seeing this in 2018. Watching it in 2018, uh, I'm I'm forgetting whether or not the. Yeah, I guess there was only one in 2018. So cool. Yeah, let's let's win it again over Canada potentially. Yeah. All right, Jack. Let's talk about uh, women's soccer across the pond in England, where the 2022 Euros are happening. Yay! 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 Yeah. 
all over England except the north and the middle parts of England. So <laughs> cringe for anyone living in Birmingham or Newcastle. Cringe not just because they don't get to host any, you know, games. But also, also because you're living in Newcastle. I exactly. Mean. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit of controversy uh, around this tournament. Uh, number one, because they're not exactly playing in the biggest stadiums, which is a little mm. bit of disrespect of uh, playing in Manchester City's Academy Stadium. Only, mm. I believe, 4,000 uh, seaters. Uh, yeah, 7,000, actually. Sorry. Uh, but they will still be also be playing in Wembley. For the final. The day of the Community Shield. And it made which, me so happy to see people getting mad about that. Yes. And I'm like, uh, sorry, it's the final of an actual major tournament, not your little tin pot yeah. Community Shield. Does the community shield means nothing? Yeah, it, so I think it, it's, it's gonna a be, community trophy. Yeah, I think that, it's going to be in in King Power St. Leicester City Stadium. I believe I that's don't. correct. I, I think yeah, you're okay. right about that. But I guarantee that Wembley is going to be sold out. I, it I, should I believe be. the, it's going to be a good final. It's, it's it's a major European final. I don't care if it's men's or women's. It's a major European final. Yeah, but it'll be a very exciting. I, I was. Kind of hope that London Stadium oh, would have been uh, picked as well. But, you know, you, you got a lot of classic stadiums. Old Trafford's going to be there. St. Mary's Stadium uh, in Southampton. Uh, Academy Stadium, whatever. Uh, but also some other stadiums that would not be hosting a major tournament like this. Like uh, in Rotterdam, New York Stadium, uh, uh, Milton Keynes Stadium, MK, Brighton and Hove, the Falmer Stadium. And, of course, Wembley Stadium with the final uh, but this is going to be just like any tournament, uh, four groups of four, England, Austria, Norway, and Northern Ireland in group A. Group B is Germany, Denmark, Spain, and Finland. Group C is Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland, Portugal. Wow, is that a crazy group? Also, group B is also crazy. Uh, and group D, France, Italy, Belgium, and Iceland. So, Jack, the same way, I have maybe four contenders that I think uh, I are the favorites to win this so jack your your first contender yeah uh the first one and i feel like this shouldn't surprise many people i feel like england is a is a contender i mean they're hosting it i mean I, exactly they should, they should be they should be if 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 the fans come out and support them they are going to be a massive contender and uh you know that that can really help them out they've also Got some pretty good players on on their squad, you know, uh, no, uh, there, there's there's a very strong squad in here. Let, let's let's go over some of the names, shall sure. we? We've got Fran Kirby from Chelsea. Very good player. Uh, I rate her high, highly. Lauren Hemp, also very good from Manchester City, scored 10 goals and got six assists in 22 games. Uh, Millie Bright is a great defender for Chelsea women. Uh, I, I rate her pretty highly. Uh, like th there's there's some a uh, Bethany England still play uh, is playing for them. Ella Tune for Manchester uh, United women. They've got a lot of great players on here, and there's some good balance in the team. Uh, you feel like the goals can come from a lot of places in this team, and I I feel like that home field advantage is going to help them a little bit playing in England. I'm I'm just imagining if there's like a sold out Wembley full of england fans honestly i i feel like this might be the year it comes home to england it mm. and i think this one me should mean more because it's uh the the fans of uh of the women's game in england always seem to be a little bit nicer sometimes i'm not gonna <laughs> lie uh i've seen there's more positivity that than 
than otherwise. So I don't know. I, I, I really do like England's chances. I like their squad and I feel like their group is not necessarily the strongest one. Austria are decent. Norway, yeah. pretty good. But Northern Ireland. Yes, they made it to the Euros. I wouldn't call them the strongest opponent possible. Uh, I think England should be able to beat the their opponents pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, you still have Nor- Norway is like one of my sleeper picks because I know that's uh, fair. They're, they're also they're also very good. Yeah, I believe they're it's uh, Ada Hagerber Hagerbeg. Oh, that, I'm so sorry. I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm so bad pronouncing people's name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ada, Ada Stolmso Hager. Oh, God. I don't speak Norwegian. Hagerberg. Yeah. Uh, sure. She plays for Leon. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very good player. Norway. Norway are probably the second best in that in that pile. But yeah, potentially. Uh, I definitely think that England is going to make it out of the group. I think mm-hmm. they probably could win it i bet they could make it far maybe in the semifinals maybe the final but compared to like the other three teams i'm gonna mention i think talent wise there's a lot more high level talent playing at the higher echelons of european football that have proven it in the champions league i've proven it in the international tournament i i think that 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 english uh, support is going to come out i believe that but it's kind of like I'll see it when I believe it, kind of thing. Not, not again. Not that England are bad. They've had a a, a good run of form in terms of, of tournaments. In terms of you know where where they've been in twenty nineteen, they're in their fourth place in the World Cup. Twenty fifteen, they were third place. You know, uh, uh. So it's not like it's not like they can't do it. But I do believe in the other contender, which I will now mention now, uh, Spain. I think Spain has to be, yes, they're probably in the group of death, so to speak, but they have to be on the top of a lot of people's lists. Because when you have, you know, Alexia Putellas, like what yep. else needs to be said about that entire <laughs> Barcelona squad who who consistently creams uh, the, the Spanish league. And, you know, th- they lost to uh, OL in, in this last uh, iteration of the Champions League. But you know, season before they won it. They consistently do so so well there. And yes, Hermoso is out due to a knee injury. But you look at their number nine, uh, Esther Gonzalez. She's very very capable. Uh, in addition to it's two of those players that might start next to her, uh, Lucia Garcia and ooh, Mariona Caldente is how yeah, that's, she that pronounce right. it. Uh, <laughs> of Barcelona, only 26, number 8. I am very, very high on this team because of what they have proven. Uh, Real Madrid is a, is a good squad as well in, in uh, the Spanish League, but when you look at the Barcelona players and what they've done, they have that built-in you know community, that cohesion in them. So I, I, I'm going to bet that uh, Spain makes it out of their group pretty handily given even given that you know finland germany denmark aren't any pushovers because they're just that good it's kind of like the spanish squad from like 2008 to 2012 like where they had a lot of players who already play together uh you're right it's gonna blend well and i'd also i'd also like to mention itana bonmati who who was great for barcelona as well 13 goals from central midfield uh is definitely good uh, I think you mentioned Esther Gonzalez, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, 
very good. <laughs> I I mean, you could you could keep saying that for every single player in this squad, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be wrong to call ed, any of these players very good because they are all fantastic players. Uh, yes. So I I think you're you're probably right. Spain, uh, Spain are a strong contender uh, for for the championship, and another strong contender. Mm-hmm. I think net the Netherlands absolutely, are a pretty absolutely. strong contender. Because honestly, there, there's two there's two words, Vivian Medima, that that those are two words that help you a lot. But she's not even the only great player on this reminder. She scored. She had 22 goals plus assists in 22 matches in the Women's Super League. You also got Lika Martins, who plays for the net for Barcelona, uh, scored 17 goals for them. I think PSG I mean, now is, is right. You're I, I believe you yeah. are right on that. Uh, now, well, now, recently. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Danielle Van de Donk, who won the Champions absolutely, League with Leon. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Anik Nguyen, who played for Chelsea uh, at center back. Honestly, like Netherlands are a scary squad. So and scary. Their front line it alone is going to tear apart a lot of teams and they're reigning champs true of this tournament. yeah so i i mean sweden are good portugal and switzerland are a little bit lower down i think on on the on the overall pyramid of of women's football but netherlands i feel like could probably go through this group undefeated okay i can see it i ooh, i'm actually gonna disagree with you one okay like, I, I think netherlands they're good i think they've taken a step back uh I, I think they've taken a step back I appreciate their players. People who have listened to me talk, I I, I very much like the Dutch players, uh, Midema especially, uh, Martins, of course, Van de Donk, yes. But I think that Sweden is the team to beat in this group, and That's for fair. my money, is the second best team in this tournament, second okay. only to Spain. You look at their run of form, they were in the Olympics finals. They were a couple penalties away from winning against Canada. They have done well in the Algarve Cup, uh, uh, which they were with with uh, Portugal, Denmark, and Italy, teams that are in this World Cup. Uh, they have played well in the World Cup qualifiers, beating who they want. And I, I think this is a very, very well-rounded team, all things considered. And you have uh, uh, Philippa Engeldahl, is how I maybe pronounce it in Swedish. Uh, you have uh, a, a Barcelona player. Uh, in there, I believe somewhere, uh, Rolfo, I believe. Uh, I'm not seeing her on, on the list, but whatever. Uh, yeah, Fr- Fridolino Rolfo. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. she's. I believe it. Rolfo. Yes. Uh, 28 for uh, Barcelona. 22 goals. Uh, f- for uh this team. But you also have players who are very good. And NWL uh, fans will know Sophia Jacobson, 32 years old. Yes, is a veteran presence. Still can uh pack it in. Uh, Black Stainus, who I feel like we've talked about before on, on the show, uh, but you have so much good talent that work together as a team on the, again, I'm going to say this word again, higher echelons of European football. You look at this, you know, team list, and it's across the continent, the top, the top teams in every single league. So Sweden, right. I think, is going to make a major impact at this tournament. Yeah, and also, I I, I forgot about this, but... Three out, of, three out of their five, I think, probably starting defenders uh, are from Chelsea. The goalkeeper, left back, and center back. Uh, sure. Because you've got Musovic, 
you've got jo- uh, Jonah Anderson and Magdalena Eriksson. Uh, same kind of thing with Barcelona and Spain. That kind of stuff can make the difference. I, 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 I'll take back my statement about the Netherlands easily topping this group. They're, they're, they're going to be up there with Sweden. They're probably they're going to qualify from this group. Yeah, both of them. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about because just just imagine, right? Uh, FIFA World Cup 2019, third place. Mm-hmm. Olympic Games 2016, silver medal. 2020, silver medal. I mean, this is a team that can get it done. UEFA won championship. We don't necessarily have to talk about 2017 was the quarterfinal exit that they had. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Leaps and bounds now. Leaps and bounds. Yeah. So. I, I do have one more contender. Go ahead. Uh, really quickly. Because we've talked about we've talked about three of the groups. So in the last group, I'm saying France. Ah, uh, uh, not again. I, <laughs> I need kidding. to because, you know, I, I, I support the French national team uh, at all levels. And... Just looking at their squad, Wendy Renard played for played for Leon in that Champions League final, was a great defender in that final. Same with, uh, oh God, Griej Mbok, Bathy Nika. Oof. Sure. I, I, was, I, I think that's okay. Uh, I but, appreciate the confidence. Yeah, sometimes that's what it, what it is uh, that you got to do. She also played for Leon. Actually, AJ, West Ham player Hawa Sissoko also right. in that's that right. squad. Uh You've, and then up front as well, you've got Melvin Millard, who played great for Leon, 13 goals for them, and Marie, Marie Antoinette Catoto. Sick name. Fantastic player. In the last, she got left out of the World Cup squad in 2019. Terrible decision because she had 43 goals in the league in two seasons before that. Now she has over 100 in the league, I believe, or just about 100 in the past five seasons. Those are crazy numbers, and uh, I think that she is going to... She's a potential golden boot winner okay. uh, if France make it far enough. Uh, I also think... I, I also look at France's last matches. Yes, they haven't always played the best of the best, but in the last year, they haven't lost a single match. They haven't drawn nice. a single match. They have won every single game since September 17th, 2021. Uh, and they've played some good teams in there, too. They've played Wales. They've played Brazil, the Netherlands. I mean, those aren't those aren't pushovers of teams. Mm-hmm. Those are very good teams. So I I'm looking at them and I'm thinking that they could make a pretty good run in here. Uh, I, I think I think the midfield may maybe not. Maybe not the same level as like, you know, a Spain, but that front line is still really good. And the defense also looks very strong. So I'm going to give France some props as well. All right. I appreciate that. I was going to potentially put Germany on here because they are outside of the ones we mentioned, probably the the highest ranked. But I'll be honest, I have not been very convinced of their recent run of form. And I know that they're a very good team. I know that they've they've won this tournament back to back in the in the past before. But in the all in the Arnold Clark Cup, which I mentioned, Canada did well in and was part of. Not a single win, tied to Spain, uh, lost to Canada, lost to England, and probably most tellingly, uh, only scored two goals, only two goals in that in that uh, tournament. Lost to England three to one even, and yes, it was it was a it was a dead rubber game, but they also lost to Serbia 
in the World Cup qualifying, which is not necessarily the best uh, team, all things considered, in the women's game. Three to two. And that those are the valuable minutes that you want to have on the competitive level leading up to a very big tournament like this. So to not have that and to have kind of a lackluster 2022, I would be a little worried. They have good players, yes, for sure. Uh, but compared to the other runs of form that other teams have had, I am not as convinced by Germany than, say, Spain, Sweden, yeah. even England. And so. uh, actually, uh, they won three straight 2005, 2009, and 2013. Wow. Hey, yeah. Good for them. Yeah, but you're right. They they do have some good players. I'm a huge fan of Anne Katrin Berger, plays for Chelsea. I think she's oh. a fantastic <laughs> goalkeeper. Uh, hey, you can say that, but she's one of the best in the WSL. So, But you're right. When you look at the results they've had recently, it doesn't inspire confidence. Uh, like, Cool, you beat Switzerland seven to zero, but losing to Serbia, losing to Canada is all right. Losing to England, those like play teams like England are the kinds you have to beat in order to like right. make it through this tournament, and especially on home soil, uh, you know that's gonna be tough. That is gonna be tough. So I I think I agree with you on that on that verdict on Germany. Uh, Denmark has some good players as well. Pernilla Harder, I think she could challenge for Golden oh, yeah, Boot sure. as well. Um, but yeah, there, this is going to be an exciting tournament to see. All right. All right. Sweet. And with that, Jack, let us end this episode and we'll talk about some transfers, but also talk about a lot of other cool stories. So very happy about that. But if people want to hear more about the soccer stories that we talk about, where can they find us on Twitter? They can find us on Twitter at final third show. Uh, you should follow us on there. We post some stuff on there too. Uh, fill in any extra content that we weren't able to get to because let's face it there's a, there's too much to fit into an hour and a half episode every every yeah. week that uh sometimes passes through so you might as well follow us on there to get the full final third experience and uh final message for uh would be watch the women's euros on espn plus relatively easy to watch i i'm not sure if every game is on there but at least france's games are on there so you can root yes. for france with me maybe <laughs> or or don't Aww. Also, so uh, ch- cheer for who am I? I'm cheer for Spain with me. There you go. All right. There you go. I hope France uh, beats Spain in the final. Mm, 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 we'll see. We'll see. That'd be good. All right, everybody. We will see you guys next time. Final third show dot com for a one stop shop for all things final third. Uh, we'll see you guys this Thursday for a, I don't know. Deep dive or Thursday or Friday or whenever we decide. It's a, yeah. it's a free country. It's Fourth of July. I get to say that. Uh also, tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about the the CONCACAF Women's Championship as well as the UEFA 2022 Women's Euros. A lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. All right, we'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's News and Predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now.